Sunday night Royal Rumble, we beat Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Two out of three falls. 2-0. Back to back. Clean <laughs> sweep. But it ain't nothing new. Cause we've been sweeping through this tag division ever since we stepped foot in SmackDown Live. Yeah. Too fast. Oh y'all don't y'all don't remember, huh? Oh no. Well, let's take them down memory lane right quick then, news. Roll call. Let's go, American Alpha. Lock them. American Alpha 2. Lock them. High Bros. Lock them. Breeze Dango. Lock them. New Day. Lock them. Yo, yo, yo. Even Shane and Cesaro, they not even on SmackDown Live, but we put those two chumps behind bars, which means... LOCKDOWN! Man, hey, we've been locking them all down since day one. Man, check this out. When we talk about this day one-ish, we're not talking about t-shirts or trying to sell merch. No. We're talking about this lifestyle we represent. Yeah. It represents being real. Yeah. It represents being true. Yeah. It represents being 100. Yeah. And it represents being you. Talk to so it don't matter what part of the era you from. It don't matter if you part of a club. It don't matter if you part of a bar, no. a day, no. a shield. No. It don't even matter if you brothers yourself. Hey, Usta, I'm not saying we the best tag team, but we the best tag team in the WWE. Hey, for sure, run up and get done up. Welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses, <laughs> Josh Custodio. Justin, is it official yet? Do we have it in writing? Is it official? Uh, is what official? That we are the longest running wrestling podcast on earth. Uh, yes, the weekly episodic wrestling podcast, longest running, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's what people are saying. That's, that's what, what they, someone told me. This is our 33rd anniversary, I think. Yes. Uh, because you always minus one. That's right. For the anniversary. WWE doesn't like to do that. No, they, they don't know what math is. Right. They haven't like, figured it out. Right. But. Like this is our 34th episode. Yeah. So it's our 33rd anniversary. Yeah. WWE never gets this. Yeah. And uh, me, as a very smart math boy who loves crunching numbers, no problem handling I mean, this. that's all you ever do, really. <laughs> I don't know why we call you the janitor when you really you are the accountant. The accountant. You did call me that one. Yes, I did. I came up with, uh, with a gimmick for you if you go back in the archives. Unbelievably fine. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Top Mark's uh, wrestling podcast where Justin Morissette and I sit down and discuss the one, two, three... Biggest topics in the world of wrestling. For how long, Justin? A maximum of 15 minutes. Never longer than that. Brevity is our game. Justin, 15 minutes, what's that the exact length of? A WCW television title match. Right you are, my dear friend. And uh, how are you, Justin? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I feel, um, I don't want to say burnt out on okay. wrestling this week. That's yeah. probably not the right word for it. But goodness gracious, that, that was a big weekend. We watched a lot of wrestling we, in the past five days. We really did. Between uh, TakeOver... 
and the Royal Rumble and the New Beginnings shows on the weekend and Raw and SmackDown and NXT. Uh, in fact, there was so much wrestling that I have not gotten all the way through New Beginnings. Quite right. Yet. Yeah. We'll we'll touch. We'll break down all three nights of New Beginnings next, or I suppose the first two nights of New Beginnings next week. But did you see this uh, the v, the being the elite video? I did. Yeah. Uh, so can we talk I, about this off the hop? Absolutely. Okay. Because of course. We make it our mission every week to talk about the biggest stories in the world of wrestling, and we would be remiss, I feel like, if we did not talk about the reunion of the Golden Lovers. Because, look, it was a big week for wrestling in Japan, of course. Oh, yeah. Both of the winners of the Rumble, Japanese, and, uh, of course, all these New Beginnings shows. So you would think that uh, the weekly wrestling magazine that they put out would have uh, it's you know plum pick of whatever they want to put on would, the cover as the biggest thing. I would think that. Yes, and uh, I'll tell you what's on the cover. Tell me. It is Kota Ibushi. It is Kenny Omega. Is it that is right? The Golden Lovers reunion. Uh, Asuka cool. and Nakamura got relegated to just a little top headline up above, but the full photo spread is the Golden Lovers. How interesting is that, eh? So that that's a big news story even in Japan. Yeah. I, I love it. I mean, you would think it would be in Japan because that's where the Fed is, bud. I suppose that's true, but who, who knows? I, I don't have any reference for how big DDT is. Listen, I sure I just got back from Japan, but I didn't go to a DDT show. I didn't know that that would sort of supersede just anything that happened in WWE. You know? I mean, Kenny Omega, I feel like, is a genuine star yeah. to Japanese audiences as well as American audiences. Definitely he true. probably has crossover appearance appeal uh, more, maybe, I don't want to say, like, more than any gaijin ever has, because I don't have a frame of reference for Japanese wrestling to make that declaration. People always just say Stan Hansen there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that to be true. Yeah, I mean, you can still hear it, in fact. If you listen closely during the matches, you can hear the women shouting, Stan! Stan Hansen! Stan Hansen! <laughs> that is what they yell. Stan Hansen! It is amazing. Uh, Justin, uh, can you walk us through the, the ending of this week's Being the Elite? Yeah, I don't recommend watching the entire video. It is 18 minutes long, and yeah. most of it is just like a travel diary of the guys, um, you know, driving to and from and being on the plane to get to uh, the, the show. And there yeah. was a big snowstorm this week, so it was difficult for them to do that. They apparently had to come in two days early. Regardless, like, it's fun to watch, but it's not essential. The money is in the last two minutes of this I would video. say the money is at the very beginning and at the very end. Right. Because we do see uh, just, like... Everybody in the club, minus Kenny Omega, silently eating their post uh, New Beginnings dinner. They're all just sitting there eating steak and potatoes, basically. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable, dead silence. Uh, and then we flash back like a week or so to the Bucks in their car traveling. This begins the travel log. Not that great. Okay, once we're through all of that, yes. we get a scene of Cody Rhodes in the locker room after having betrayed Kenny Omega, yelling at all the guys about Kenny's failings as a leader and about why he had to do what he did and how this is essential not just for his own future success uh, because Kenny was standing in his way, but Kenny was standing in all of our ways. I, I actually thought Cody was really good here. Yeah, and um, I know it pains you to say that because you're does. not a Cody Rhodes not fan. Not a Cody Rhodes guy, but I thought he was uh, believable, and he's, he's a good actor in these things yeah uh and that was followed up by a long two minute scene uh with a tracking shot just walking down the hallway of a of a hotel where uh kenny is like you know feeling some feelings of yeah. course uh, a nice soundtrack as he walks yeah, down the hallway some good piano music in there i don't know if it's an original or what but it seemed to time out just perfectly for yeah. the scene 
Uh, and Kenny is, is walking. He finally gets to the door where he's getting. He looks, uh, you know, like he's contemplating some very serious thoughts, and he hesitates a little bit before he knocks at the door. And there's this great reveal where the camera pulls in on him from the perspective of inside the hotel room door, and we suspect that he's gone to see Kota Ibushi That's at what the I hotel. Thought, yeah. But the camera pulls back, and Kota is right there by his side, and they have gone to the Bucks. They share a silent moment, and the Bucks welcome them in. They walk into the room. The door closes. The piano music finishes. It is excellent. Justin, you loved this. I think this is the best segment of wrestling television of the entire year. We will not get a better oh, wow. segment than this in terms of like this is actual television. It Man. has it has dramatic stakes. It has a, a genuine surprise reveal. It's well shot. It has a great soundtrack. It feels like something that you would you know find on a fucking Netflix show. It's not a backstage at Raw segment, it is real television, and I it is so effective. I am so amazed that the Young Bucks managed to make better TV on a cell phone and a laptop than WWE can with an entire fucking production crew. It is really amazing what they did here. So we can dive into it, I think, a little more in depth next week when we do a round on the, the New Beginning shows. But but is this leading to Kota Ibushi joining the Elite and the Elite breaking off from Bullet Club? Is that where we think this is going? I mean, it does seem like the Elite chose Kenny over Cody. And yeah. that if that is the case, then they are probably breaking away from the club a little bit. And the Elite is now its own separate thing. Something that's been long overdue as far as I'm concerned, and I'm f excited to dig into that more next week. Justin, can I tell you what the three rounds we are doing this week are? Absolutely. I just felt like we should talk about that. Oh, yeah, we have to touch on it. I loved it, too. And, and I will have finished watching New Beginnings by next week's show, and if we have a, an open block in our three topics, which we probably will, yeah. we will talk about those shows then. I can't wait. Justin, this week, uh, we do have three rounds, and boy, am I excited about them. Because in round number one, Justin, we have to review the Royal Rumble. Have you heard of the Royal Rumble before, Justin? In fact, I have, and I did indeed watch it this <laughs> past Sunday. And uh, we're going to talk about our impressions of it, favorite matches. I think we both have some positive things to say about this WWE paper. It was a very good show. Uh, and then in round number two, Justin, we're going to do a very similar thing, except for NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. We're going to talk about our matches of the night. Boy, wonder what that was. Our overall letter grade and uh, sort of our feelings on Never mind our matches of the night, maybe our match of the weekend, maybe our match of the year. You're not kidding. And then around number three, Justin, I don't know if you've heard of her before, uh, Ronda Rousey appeared on uh, WWE television. Uh, I don't know. I have not heard of a Ronda Rousey Who's before. this woman? Who is she? She's Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Okay. She entered at the closing of Royal Rumble, and we, we need to talk about this. Yeah, she made a point of being there. Boy, did she ever make many, <laughs> many points all of that plus an episode of keep it or kick it and sunday night tweet uh justin we have some other news to talk about we do yeah uh first of all before yeah. we get to the the real serious news sure here, i do want to thank uh some folks who came out to the very first inaugural broadcast of monday night raw yes at the penny last week and once again i will reiterate if you are in the vancouver area which i know a lot of our listeners are uh, do come on out. I am uh, your host each and every week. I'm also your bartender. Uh, <laughs> he only so, does everything. Yeah, so uh, the Penny at Commercial and Gravely, we are playing Raw and SmackDown live with sound. With volume. Each and every week. And I will tell you what, Josh. Tell me. Week one, already a success. Ah. This past Monday, we did much better traffic than we did the Monday previous. And, you know, I want to think 
that wrestling had everything to do with that. Wrestling so. is money, and I'm happy to hear that. I want this to be a success. I will also be there weeks. Uh, we're going to go drink, watch some wrestling with the volume on. Enjoy some chicken wings. I love wrestling. those. And I had people who aren't even wrestling fans come in, and they sat down, and they thought they were going to stay for maybe one beer and wound up staying for like three or four, and they were just completely glued to the television the entire time. Wow, I wish I was not that jaded towards know, wrestling right? television. Uh, Justin, we uh, on our front, we're launching a Patreon. We are. Yes, we are doing that. Well, we have become uh, money-hungry, grubby evildoers now. No, look, I said this. We shot a video for it. You can find that on the Patreon page itself. Uh, but I'll reiterate right now. Uh, I really enjoy doing this show every every week with you, Josh. It's a good excuse to hang out with my hashtag good friend and have a, a lot of laughs over the course of however long the show goes for. But uh, I've been losing money yeah. doing this. Uh, it costs me $20 a month to, to pay our hosting fees. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm happy to do that because uh, it gets the show out to the world and people Lord knows I'm not going to pay it. half of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, if uh, if... Even a couple people just want to throw in a dollar a month to help cover that cost. I'm sure that uh, that, that would be quite all right with me. But if they want to go as far as $5 a month, we're going to give them some, some bonus goodies to make it worth their while. Yeah, we're, we? we're launching a monthly bonus episode, Justin, where you and I will watch uh, an old pay-per-view, an old Raw, an old SmackDown, really whatever. If there is if it is on XWT or the network, we will watch it. Now, uh, if or you, even New Japan World, which anything, also have. We've got it all. And if you, uh, if you donate at the, the highest tier possible, you can pick what we're going to be watching for those bonus episodes. That's not technically the highest tier possible. We're not talking about that. If you decide to make a one-time donation of $75,000, <laughs> Josh Custodio will get a full-length kendo stick tattoo from his belly button <laughs> right up to the, the, the bottom of his neck. It will run the full duration of his chest. A kendo stick tattoo. But, of course, you need to be a uh, crazy rich person with a lot of money to uh, to spare to, to make that happen. Now, hang on. If somebody does this, do you get half the money? Of course I do. So, wait. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Why you? What's your punishment? I will. Uh, I'll have to watch. And I'll feel it's like. Why is that bad? I have a beautiful body. No, a gray no. Shirtless. It's like you know when uh, Kofi Kingston was like locked outside the Hell in a Cell and he couldn't <laughs> do anything to help his friends. It'll be like that. Look, it's emotional uh, damage that I have to endure watching oh, my friend my uh, go through this trying ordeal. Uh, so if you're interested in uh, any of these tiers, we'd love to have you along. Uh, that's patreoncom topmarks. You can watch the video there. If you if listen, money's hard to come by. Nobody gets that better than us. If if you can't, just give the video a share. We'd love to see this go around, get, get uh, you know, cover some expenses, and maybe buy Justin and I a bowl of ramen. Exactly. We are not looking to uh, retire off of this podcast. No, not in the least. It's just uh, cover our hosting fees and maybe enjoy a beer or a bowl of noodles every so often. So, again, that's patreon.com slash topmarks. And with that all out of the way, let's get into round number one. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, do you remember that time you had to fight uh, 29 other men in that ring? Uh, not in the ring, no. It was uh, behind the portables when I was probably in grade 7, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there were 29 other kids, and they were all coming at me. <laughs> yeah. And I had kids on my back, and I was I was a very crafty fighter, even in okay. a young age. <laughs> young I, age. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I had guys on my back, 
and I just ran backwards into a wall. And that is what you them. did. It was pretty great. <laughs> did you yeah. kill these children? Um, no, but I, I, I was up against like maybe ten other people. Okay. And by the end, I walked away, and they were all writhing in pain. <gasps> and then I've told this story on Real Good Show, and in fact, one of my listeners is a kid who was in that fight, For and real? he verified that that in fact did happen. So, Justin, you can very much relate to the people who were in the WWE's. Royal Rumble. I mean, on if Sunday. I just had to toss them over the top rope, I feel like that would have been way easier. <laughs> you would have just dominated. Exactly. No amount of number. Now, how many children could you throw over a top rope now as an adult? Oh, uh, probably a hundred. Yeah, hundreds, right? Yeah. Kids pose zero threat to you once you're an adult. Exactly. They're just so weak. It's like uh, the Rumble video game match. I uh, just have stored finishers, so when they come in, boom, you're out immediately. <laughs> Justin, before we get into the nitty gritty here, what what was you when when the Royal Rumble ended? The entire pay per view. I mean, what was your feeling about the pay? Review. Did you like it? I did. I really liked the show a lot. I thought both Rumble matches were extremely well booked, mm-hmm. per- perhaps the men's uh, more than the women's. I think so. Um, uh, I I will say the one thing I did not like about this show is the way it went off the air. I'm not sure if you remember this. Go ahead. But yeah. Michael Cole, look, Ronda Rousey is pointing yeah. at, the, at the WrestleMania sign, and Michael Cole starts shouting, uh... There's there's news happening. What does this mean? Uh, Ronda Rousey. It's uh, it's on social media. Uh, look look at social media. Uh, and that's how the show goes off the air. Look, Michael, if you are looking at social media to know that there's news happening, you could perhaps fucking tell us what that <laughs> news is, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus. Just look at social media. I mean, the news was that she'd signed a full-time cron- contract and was a genuine WWE performer. Yeah. I think ESPN put it out as exactly. soon as it happened. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why couldn't Michael Cole say that? I'm not why too sure. Why did he, the show have to go off the air with Michael Cole saying, look at social media? Yeah, we can dig into it more in the Ronda round. I have a lot to say about the whole ending of that show, but that in particular I don't remember and sounds like the sort of ham-fisted thing that Michael Cole's... I don't think Michael Cole's bad. I just think he's forced to do things mm-hmm. that suck. Like yeah. That is a, a prime example that when I watch smaller federations commentary, they just don't have to do that. So you're getting much realer, actual emotions coming out, and they can use... They can speak like human beings. It just felt like... There's news happening. Look at social media. No one talks like that. No. It it sounds like an alien. The show went off the air. I felt like uh, I I just enjoyed a great meal, and then to wash it down, I just like took a sip of (laughs) spoiled milk. (laughs) Mm, Nothing better. Uh, Justin, opening the show was uh, the Usos versus Gable and Benjamin in a two out of three falls match where the Usos just get two straight falls. Yeah, neither of us watched the pre-show, so I don't think we can talk about those matches at all. No, I know there was. It was Mojo Raleigh in a U.S. Open challenge. Yeah, though uh, on SmackDown, Bobby Roode called him Mojo Riley. Oh, uh, there you go. I did. So see that. you know, clearly <laughs> such a jabron that the guy who beat him doesn't even know what his name is. Bobby Roode has a hard time with those promos. Oh, it's sometimes. fine. It's fine. Uh, Dave, what'd you think of this match, Justin? Two out of three falls. Uh, for when I first, because I watched this show later. Oh, right. Uh, I had to work through the entire program, uh, unfortunately, Uh, and I I watched it uh, the the day after. Um, But, uh, like, having heard the results prior, I had it spoiled for me. Sure. that they had won in two consecutive falls. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a mistake. Okay. Then I watched the match, and I didn't think it was a mistake at I all agree. because yep. it is the rare two out of three falls match where the first fall took forever. It was a long match. They had a real, genuine match 
before getting to that first fall. And usually I feel like it comes in the first, like, five minutes. Yeah, they do two really quickly and then get into a wrestling match. Yeah, so I, I loved this match. I yeah. thought it was great. I'm right there with you, Justin. I'll say this, that I think as much as I can understand the deflation of two straight falls and how people feel like that's a bit of a letdown, I think it's important for it to happen every now and then. Because if you, if you break that format, next time you book a two out of three falls match, I'm now like, well, okay, maybe it isn't going to be one team gets one, one team gets the other, and now it's the match. If, if you play with the format and the results, I'm more interested in them going forward. Also, as much as we like them... Chad Gable is now a heel, you know? Yeah. So when bad things happen to him that make him mad, I'm not supposed to be like, oh, that's too bad. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> you know? You're, like, you're, you're... He has more motivation to be angrier and, and double down on his heelish ways after that defeat than he would have if it had been like an evenly contested match where you come out thinking, wow, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable really looked like a million bucks. And I feel like the result is right, especially with their performance on Tuesday SmackDown. I just feel like the Usos belong with that belt right now. I, I believe oh. them when they talk about how it's them in the New Day at the top of the pops and no one else is there. Their promo on SmackDown this week was just insanely good. I feel like everybody, us included, doesn't talk about how great these these promos out of the Usos have been for for a while now. Tuesdays was especially good, but the, I'm not going to say they're Miz tier right now or anything. Yeah, but they have improved to such a degree that they're one of my favorite promos on the show. Now. I mean, when they first started doing these things against the original incarnation of American Alpha, right? Uh, it was a little repetitive, sure. But I do feel like they have found their groove and a comfort level where they can talk about anything. Whereas like before, it was probably a lot more structured than it is now. Totally. Uh, let's jump on to, let's stick it smack, keep it with SmackDown here. Uh, and another weird format match, AJ Styles defends his world heavyweight title against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, not much of a match, I didn't Kind of weird, right? I was pretty disappointed by it, but we're, we've also heard that Kevin Owens is, like, pretty injured. Yeah, and his back, is it? Is, like, not, uh, you know, he's got to work a limited uh, schedule at the moment. Sure. And, I mean... Being in a tag match with Sammy where Sammy can do most of the heavy lifting is probably not a bad spot for him to hide that at the moment. For sure. Uh, and I did feel like Sammy did carry most of this match. Yeah, even more than AJ. I felt like AJ kind of called this one in, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, and, of course, a kind of weird finish that gets, lets them continue yeah. this storyline. But it do, do you feel like we're heading towards a... A Sammy versus Kevin WrestleMania match right now? You know, man, that's a good question. I, I feel like the whole thing is a little bit murky for me right now. Yeah. Uh, my lean would actually be yes after Tuesday. Because, what about you? Yeah, because as much as it felt like this was escalating to a Brian versus Shane feud, I feel like this is going to end with Brian being like, I broke these guys up. Look, this was all part of my master plan all along. If yeah. you just trust me. I was doing the right thing. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it in that exact way, but I, I did think that this Tuesday it made it a little clear. It's like, oh, the feud is Sammy versus Kevin. Because as much as it seemed like Brian was like on their side initially, now it's like he's just given them enough rope to hang themselves. Well, and Owens was shitting on uh, Sammy on social media. I thought you had this, he yeah. said, and so so I don't know. Remains to be seen. I, I mean, I we little... saw a lot of splinters between them on Tuesday night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I was a little but disappointed with this match. Three. They're, they're just both heels, and I don't know that you could turn one of them babyface for us to care about them enough, fast enough for that to be a compelling mania program. I feel like I've been saying on the show for so long that a Kevin Owens babyface run, I really feel it could be the biggest thing going. So if it leads to that, I guess I'm happy with it. But but it remains to be seen. It's a little murky and confused for me right now. So I, I hope that that can, can shake out. Yeah, I was looking forward to this match and I felt uh, let down by it. 
Let's touch on uh, one of these rumbles, Justin. Let, let's start with maybe the men's rumble. Let's yeah. Win for the end. The, the men's 30-man Royal Rumble. I thought this was probably the best booked rumble in at least 15 years. I haven't enjoyed a rumble this much that I can really remember. And it was something so simple. This, this sounds so stupid to say. But it really was that when they got down to the final four... It was not abundantly clear to me who was going to win. I think All to, four of your final four were the betting favorites. And, and I don't just mean that from like a Vegas odds perspective. I just mean if you were to ask people before right. the match who do you think is winning, it's one of those four guys. Uh, that's right. And this it sounds so simple, but I think to when it, the, the remaining three two years back was uh, Roman Reigns, Kane, and Big Show. And it's just like... I mean, Rusev technically was in there, Oh, right, too. he was under the ring. Right, yeah. right. But, but you know what I mean. It's like, okay, so I know what's happening here. I'm instantly turned off by that. And this Rumble answered that in such a nice way. While I did think Nakamura was going to win, I was really questioning it at the end there. Like, yeah. It, it was... I thought it was tremendous, the last four. Absolutely. The elimination of Cena was awesome also. Yep. I just thought it was a perfectly structured match from beginning to end because even the guys who got dumped out early still got important moments. Like Baron Corbin. What a great moment yeah. for Baron Corbin great to, call. to be the character that he has embodied over the last however long of a guy who just chokes and blows it all the time and then gets super mad about it. He literally <laughs> that is his character, leveled yeah. the entire ring, which is a great moment for Baron Corbin, but then also was a great moment for Elias because he got to come out and play guitar in an empty ring because everyone was dead. You know? I loved that. It made so much sense. The setup was so good. And it's a good example of what you can do in the Rumble if you pay a lot of attention to the order and who's eliminated. Yeah. Who, and it gives you some fun moments. And he, the Heath Slater moment with Sheamus was oh, great. Oh, my like, goodness. There was just so much good in this match. And, Josh, I have to give you a lot of credit here. Oh, yeah. Because you called the Hurricane coming back on last week's show. I, I, I don't want to take too much credit because I felt like it was just a good guess. I told you exactly why it couldn't happen, which is that he's a backstage agent at TNA. <laughs> And it still happened. I should have told you to stand back. Yeah, there was uh, some information coming exactly. through. Exactly. Uh, I was a little sad he wasn't in the match for longer, but were you excited when you heard I the mean, music? Yeah, and he tried to choke slam Cena. It was oh, super funny. I uh, Yeah, I felt very fun. I love that entrance, I man. just, uh, I wish they'd let him like fly away after he got eliminated. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't agree more. But Justin, <laughs> that was not the, the surprise entrant that I was most excited about. Uh, and in fact, who you're thinking it was, it probably wasn't him either. I was so thrilled to see Andrade Cien Almas enter the Rumble. I freaked out. Now, this guy, I think listeners of the show will know that both of us have, have just the highest opinion that you could possibly have. Absolutely. Andrade Cien Almas. And off of the performance, which we'll get in in the next round, I didn't think he would be there. That was a, a rough match. Mm -hmm. When he came out looking like a million bucks with the NXT belt, I got the reception he got. I was just thrilled. Adam Cole as well. And I yes. think it's really important, you know, maybe not necessarily to debut guys in the Rumble match, though it certainly worked for AJ a couple years ago. Right. To, to at least, like, for NXT guys, have your first main roster exposure be in a situation like that where you know that these guys have already put on barn burners the night before. You know that a bunch of the crowd that was there the night before is here tonight as well. Right. That is a crowd that is going to treat them like the stars that they are. And, like, certainly evident in the way, uh, you know, the reception that both of those guys got. And I thought that they both, maybe Adam Cole less so than Andrade, because Andrade was in the match for a very long time. Yeah. Got to look really good in the process as well. Andrade um, got a couple big eliminations, too. I can't think off the top of my head. Kofi was one of them. Yeah. I can't remember any there were others, others, though. Just we're running out of time here, but I got to ask, Rey Mysterio, you were ex very excited for this? Uh, yeah. I mean, he looked 
great. He looked better than ever. And there's word that they're trying to sign him, but they want to bring him back on a full-time deal, and he only wants to work a part-time schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I just – I would worry that if they brought him back full-time, they'd, like, put him on 205, and, like, what a waste of Rey Mysterio that would be. Uh, an interesting like, stat pointed out on Twitter this week by uh, Post Wrestling's John Pollock. Uh, Rey Mysterio's return got triple the YouTube views as Ronda Rousey's debut, which yeah. I do think – it's not a perfect metric, but it's interesting. 6.1 million views in a matter of, like, three days. Yeah, I think we both agree here. One of the better rumbles. And yeah. look, if they if they put the belt on Jinder because of social media numbers, you would think they would be very inclined to try and sign Rey Mysterio to any contract that he wants at the moment. Like I said, Justin, we're running out of time. But boy, I don't think we have a lot to say on this match. Brock Lesnar defeats Braun Strowman and Kane in a triple threat that was... Uh, uh, clunky for me. I will credit the WWE production team for putting together a video package that made me feel like this match I was not interested in was actually like an inevitability, a collision course <laughs> of these three men who have been linked together over the course of many, many months, even though it hasn't really felt like that. Uh, and it felt like, oh my god, this is going to be uh, a monster battle where they might lay waste to the entire city of Philadelphia. <laughs> and then the match happened and it was like, yeah, that was alright, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, my problem with it. I would have liked this match more without Kane there, and I know that seems sort of obvious, but all he did in the match was go for choke slams. Yeah, he didn't do a single move that wasn't just going for a choke slam, and I, I don't know. This match didn't really work for me. Good for uh, you know, um, that one sequence where they were really shooting because <laughs> holy shit, because Braun caught Brock with a genuine knee to the head, and Braun or Brock got very very angry and legit gave Braun like a knockout punch did to the s- temple. Do you know what Brock said there? I saw this this week. No. He goes, slow the fuck down after taking the knee from Braun. Then he just stands up and starts hammering him <laughs> twice. Yeah, brutal stuff. Uh, I'm ready I'm ready for Brock Lesnar to lose the title, even if it's to Roman Reigns. Yeah. This one. I really am. Look, I'm ex- that's going to be a good match. We've seen it before. It was good then. It'll be good now. Justin, maybe we'll just talk about the women's Rumble in the R- Ronda Rousey round. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of running out of time here in the 15. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll bump that into the Ronda round because, I mean, how much can we really say about Ronda? It's really her impact on the entire of course. women's division uh, and what that match meant. But uh, do you want to just talk about uh, whether you thought it was uh, good that this main evented and, and if it was truly the high point of the show? <sighs> it wasn't It wasn't the high point, but I do – boy, that's a great question, Justin. <laughs> I don't know. They went off the air with their biggest angle. That's so what that's I mean. Probably yeah. good. That's what's important. But ultimately, I don't feel like the best part of the show was the very end. Yeah, I will just say right now in our final uh, ten seconds here that. And uh, I need your letter grade. Why was Renee Young not on the commentary team? Stephanie wow. McMahon is fucking Dude, terrible. How did we not? T- we're just talking about Stephanie around around. Just uh, off. Letter grade for the Royal Rumble this year. A. Uh, B from me. And we'll go from there into, uh, I guess, one of our games this week. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go into, uh, we're not doing Keep It or Kick It here. We're going to do Sunday Night Tweet in this spot. Ooh, we're changing it up. We're swapping it up. It's a, We got a Patreon now. We have to, uh, 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 yeah, it's first this week. I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin, can you explain the rules of Sunday Night Tweet for those who have uh, may not listened before? Okay, uh, each and every week, Josh selects five tweets written by someone in the WWE uh, roster, basically. That's right. Uh, whether they're on the SmackDown or Raw or NXT. NXT. There's probably like 130 possible options that these people could be. A lot of people. Uh, you're just going to read the tweet. I am going off absolutely nothing and have to guess who wrote it. Exactly right, Justin. You understand the rules, and now so do the listeners, and so do I. Are you ready for the first tweet this week? I was born ready. Justin, our first tweet this week is, uh, I mean, it's a gooder. It's someone asking for video game advice. The, the tweet reads, 
What should I play right now on PlayStation? Star Wars games, Street Fighter, or Friday 13th game? Hard choices. What should I play? What should I play? All right. Hmm. So this is someone who is a PlayStation gamer. Yeah, they're playing PS4. Yep. Uh, which I think... I think that knocks out AJ Styles, but I do believe he's an Xbox guy. It sounds to me like the, the games they're deciding between were probably Battlefront, Street Fighter V, or Friday the 13th. I didn't even know there was a Friday the 13th game. Apparently it's quite good. Interesting. You have to survive Jason. So one person plays Jason and everyone else runs away. Oh, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I thought it sounded pretty good. Yeah. So All this right. person was, was maybe thinking of playing that. Hmm, and they're really bad at spelling and writing yes. and grammar and yep. syntax. <laughs> the syntax is awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, PS4. I'm going to guess. You know, I know he. I think he's more of a Switch guy lately, mm. but I know he's a gamer. And I maybe he was just vaped out of his mind when he wrote this tweet. <laughs> I'm going to guess the Viper, Randy Orton. Justin, a great guess, but it is not Randy Orton. It is the man with the face on his stomach. Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. What should I play right of now? Of course. That's a heel tweet for sure. Yeah, I should have known. Justin, are you ready for the second tweet this oh, week? Oh, absolutely. Saw the Pentagon for the first time. So that was pretty cool. Hashtag America. Saw the Pentagon for the first time, so that was pretty cool. Okay, it's a person who was in Washington, D.C., and of course that's where SmackDown was last week. So it's a member of the SmackDown Live roster. And... Uh, they're hashtag America, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're down home country, Southern roots. You're feeling it, wrestler. I know who's usually in this number two slot and there's no, uh, you know, Scottish slang in this tweet. So I'm going to guess it is none other than Sarah Logan. Justin, it is my girl, Sarah Logan. Uh, hashtag America. <laughs> Isn't it Murica, if you want I to thought she was. I thought she was good in the Rumble match. So did I, actually. Yeah. Like I said, there is something about her that I'm like... She can go. She's a good worker. Yeah, she was, uh, what, Crazy, Crazy Mary Dobson? Crazy Mary Dobson, yeah. yeah. I'm not that familiar with her work, but she couldn't be worse than her two compatriots, so... Uh, no, I think Liv is really good, too. Liv, is, Liv reminds me of uh, one of our local wrestlers here, where the spots are good, and everything in between is not good. Fair. Uh, Justin, are you ready for the third tweet this week? I think Mandy Rose is underrated, too. But that's another topic for another she's, day. Uh, she's Goldust partner in the Mix Max Challenge yeah, now, so maybe yeah. you can see something there. Justin, are you ready for the third tweet this week? Absolutely. The best weekend of my life. Two dreams come true. The best weekend of my life. Two dreams. So this is somebody who had uh, come true. two separate, maybe, goals achieved in one week. Hmm. So who, who had a big weekend, Justin? Somebody who had a massive match maybe on the Saturday mm. and then was also in the Rumble match on the Sunday. Yeah, very interesting. It could be. Which means it could be uh, one of three people, I'm thinking. Okay, talk me through it. Who are the three? Ember Moon. Yeah. Andrade Cien Almas. Yeah. And Adam Cole. Now, right. that's a very sincere tweet. So I don't think Adam Cole would do that. Okay. So I'm going to scratch him out right now. Yeah, I mean, he lost his match. So maybe maybe not Adam Cole. Yeah. And I two dreams come true. I don't think that... I mean, it's a very eloquently written English language tweet, so I'm questioning Andrade right now. But I also feel like, uh, you know, 
there wouldn't be anything necessarily special about that takeover for Ember. Right. Because she's probably had moments like that before, whereas, like, I don't know that Andrade has gotten to main event a takeover before. Uh, he has not, no. Yeah, so that would be a big one for him. And then he got to last a long time in the Rumble. So I'm going to go with Andrade Cien Almas. Justin, I imagine the two dreams are worth 50 each because, indeed, it is Cien Almas. Cien! 100. Yeah. What a weekend for that guy. I can't Absolutely. wait to talk about him Oh, more. what a fucking star that guy is, though. Good uh, God. He's the best. Uh, Justin, the fifth and final tweet this week. You know it's my favorite one. Are you ready for it, though? I sure am. After winning the tag team titles for the fourth time, we decided to name them. I present to you Larry and Peaches. And it's pictures of uh, two of the tag belts beside each other, uh, now named Larry and Peaches. Larry and Peaches. After winning the tag titles for the fourth. Fourth time? Yeah, correct. Fourth time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bar are four-time champions now? I didn't say that. I mean, they're the only team that won the titles this weekend. Who knows when this tweet is from? Could be from anywhere. The belt that changed hands. Could be from anywhere. I didn't say this tweet was from I can't from believe now. they're four-time champions now. I didn't say they were. That's so wild. <laughs> uh, I guess they've been a team for longer than I thought, though. We had this conversation a few weeks ago. Yeah. What do you think of the names Larry and Peaches? I like, belts? I like. Uh, I feel like Peaches is, yeah. is Seamus's belt. Well, I didn't say. I don't know who it is. <laughs> who, who do you think it is? Who do I think wrote the tweet? Who wrote this tweet, Justin? Cesaro. Justin, you went, I think, what, four for five? I it think so. Is the Swiss Superman Cesaro. This is one of your better showings in a little while here on Sunday yeah. Night. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah. This is magnificent. I did pretty good, I think. I think you got four for five. I don't really know how to count. I don't even know. Were there five tweets in there? I Justin, think I, I haven't. have done four. Justin, I haven't done the fifth tweet this week. I don't know how to count. Yeah, what are you doing? My number crunching gimmick is ruined. I'm three for four. You're three for four, Justin. Let's move on to the fifth tweet here. The final tweet. Oh, boy. And it's one of the, the quote tweets that the kids love. Oh, okay? the kids are all about those quote tweets. So somebody tweets to this WWE superstar a picture of them and their new dog, explaining that they have named their dog after this superstar. Okay. The superstar replies, quotes this tweet, and says, Hey, what's up, dog? And then a carrot emoji. Hey, what's up, dog? To the dog. So someone who's uh, up on puns being very funny. Of course, like uh, like like Bugs Bunny, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's up, dog? Yeah. I didn't get that. And that's why the carrot emoji, because he's like crunching his carrot. I'm a afterwards. moron. I didn't get that. You didn't understand that? No, I was like, why is the carrot here? Are you doing a bit right now? No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, total bit. Good bit. Good bit. <laughs> I'm a dumb piece of shit. That's the bit. Uh, are, who who would have a dog named after them? Hey, what's up, dog? I would think that you would name your dog after the big dog whose yard it is, Roman Reigns. Justin, it is not Roman oh, Reigns. Oh, fuck. Hey, it's Rusev. Rusev. Rusev using some Canadian slang. Hey, or maybe he's trying to be Fonzie. Yeah. Or does Bugs Bunny also say A, and I'm not aware of this? Uh, it's like, oh, it's that kind of sound. So he's like, uh, what's up, exactly. dog? Exactly. Well, okay, I can't really blame you for this. I'm willing to shoulder the bur the burden for losing this round. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. But you still went three for five. Get a Rusev dog on Rusev Day, you know? <laughs> Very nice, Justin. And yeah. with that, let's move on to, to round number two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> Justin, this past Saturday night, Philadelphia was 
Taken over by NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. It was, yeah. It was the return of extreme to oh, Philly. Well, and let's start there. The the Paul Heyman vignette in the beginning with it, him introducing. It was great. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. It got me really fired up. It was a, a nice use of Heyman, I think, where he got to almost a, appeal as a baby face to an old ECW crowd talking about how uh, NXT isn't about celebrating the past, which felt like a bit of a shot at Raw 25 from the week before. It's mm-hmm. about, I think he said, embracing the future. Or which something is to true. That yeah, absolutely. And it's maybe part of why we enjoy these TakeOver shows so reliably, don't you think? Uh, I mean, I've, I don't know what it is about TakeOver where it's just always the best show every time, you know? Like, <sighs> like what is it about those shows versus the main roster shows? Obviously, they're shorter. The length helps a lot. But it just feels like the reins are off... On the matches, like those guys get to go out and burn the house down every night, and there's no need for like a popcorn match in between. Right. Because we went from one great match that we thought was going to be a WWE match of the year contender into the actual best match of the year in all of wrestling this <laughs> week, which was like, what an unbelievable show. It was so great. Now, in totality, I didn't like it as much as the last one, War Games. Okay? I will say, yes, the undercard was not quite all there. For uh, but Justin, for just for the listeners, Justin and I did watch Take over together with a bunch of friends in a room on Saturday, yes. and uh, the room was electric by the end of this. And thing. of course, if you don't remember when we talked about War Games, we both thought that that was one of the best takeovers of all time. I thought so. so. Yes, yes. So yes. it not being on the level of War Games is not necessarily a slight, hardly a show slight against it. I'd like to talk about that for a little bit, though. What makes these takeovers so special to, to not just us, but I think sort of the general wrestling population? And like you said, I think the length helps a lot. You know, you're there for two hours. You know, you're going to see two in a bit, two fifteen, yeah, yeah. But not this mass shorter than an, a single episode of Raw. I mean, shorter than the Rumble pre-show. Right. Consider that. My God. Uh, But also, I think wrestling sometimes is best at the smaller scale. Now, there's exceptions to that, but I do think that the the smaller arena that feels electric, the most passionate fans are there, it has every advantage going for it, but then the guys deliver. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one thing to have a building and the stage set for the most beneficial package. But for you to actually go there and seize that and capitalize on it, it's a whole other thing. So I'm, I'm, I remain blown away by these and things. And it seems like it doesn't matter who is on the roster. They can graduate out as many major talents as they want. Like, it just still brings the, the goods each and every time. And it's it's nuts, man. It's I, crazy. Uh, you were talking about that Paul Heyman video for a second. Yeah. I know this is... This is not the show we're talking about, but I do want to make one last note about the Rumble. Sure. I did love that the opening video package of the entire Rumble was narrated by Keith David, who, of course, was in They Live with Rowdy Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Piper. Another a- tie to Piper, because Ronda was wearing his jacket. And, and, of course, shared the greatest fight scene in film history. They Live, the yeah. eight-minute alley fight. Exactly. Tremendous. I actually didn't know that. That is a great tie-in. Yeah. Let's jump into this card, Justin. The match opened, or rather the card opened, with the Undisputed Era versus the Authors of Pain. I suppose not the author or the Undisputed Era. Fish and O'Reilly, mm-hmm. uh, minus Adam Cole. What did you think of this match? You guys saw it before I did because I showed up a little late. Right. I missed this match right, and I right. asked you how it was and you were like, it ended on kind of a distraction roll up or just like a... And I was expecting like to not enjoy the finish, but I thought if the small guys were going to beat the big guys, that was the best way to do it. They tried to do their big double powerbomb spot. It Here's what I liked about the finish. Yeah. Here's why I think it is actually very good because when it started that like... Uh, 
Occam or Rizar or whatever, whichever one it was, like tumbled backwards into the turnbuckle to get Hurricane Rana. It genuinely looked like a real botch. I was like, oh, "Oh, what's going on there? Because it was kind of in the background of the shot too. It looked like this was not planned. And then that was the finish. So it it genuinely looked like they were capitalizing on an actual mistake. And I do like that. Getting them over as sort of tacticians and, uh, you know, they're constantly talking about, you know, they're worldwide. They've seen everything. Mm -hmm. O'Reilly has MMA experience. This guy, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to manipulate the body. It's very in keeping with that. I think maybe my expectations for this match were just too high because, you know, my love for Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly, a local guy here. You know, it's it's a real thrill. And I thought the Authors 2017 was so tremendous that I I just felt a great deal of optimism going into this. I liked this match. I thought it was hard-hitting. I forget what it was but Bobby Fish just got the shit beat out of him for portions of it too but it just didn't really connect with me in like this way that I was really hoping for it yeah I I agree with that too I just think that like given the size discrepancy and the way the authors are being built up and probably want to keep that shine as they head towards the main roster in the next couple months I don't think if you wanted to keep the belts on uh, undisputed that like you could cleanly beat the authors of pain. Yeah, I, I I totally get that, and they have to get around that. And again, I didn't think it was a terrible match, but I do think that it was outdone by some of the tag matches the following night. Absolutely. Well, let's move on here, Justin. Velveteen Dream defeats Cassius Ono in uh, only eleven minutes. I think a, a reasonably short match. Yeah. Speaking certainly. of those tag matches, we didn't even talk about the the bar versus Seth and. Uh, oh my Jason God, yeah. Jordan. But say? I mean, there's nothing really to yeah, say about say that. Yeah. A zillion times at this point. Uh, Velveteen Dream defeats Cassius Ono, Justin. What, what do we think of this? Uh, it was not uh, the best match for either guy. I felt like Dream had a little bit of trouble getting Ono up on his shoulders. For that first uh, DVD. Yeah, it was, uh, it was awful. Yeah. I also thought he kind of botched the elbow drop at the end. Yeah. I don't know why that happened either. I just think these guys didn't have world-class chemistry. There's two people who I think are great. And we have to think Velveteen Dream is reasonably green I, in the scheme of things. I, I did like a lot of the match still. The finish? Yeah, and, and like I do think that Ono is a great worker. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, su- oh, yeah. I do like the stiff striking. There was a lot of good stuff in that match. And the D- the Death Valley driver that did land looked amazing. Oh, my goodness, yes. Like, Absolutely. It looked amazing. Listen, Matt Tremont and Joy Janela are both two of my favorite wrestlers. They both do Death Valley drivers that I think are excellent. I thought Velveteen Dreams was right up there uh, on Saturdays. I thought this match was... Was good, but again, maybe my expectations were too high coming off that Aleister Black match. Uh, and maybe that just shows how great Aleister Black is, too. But I thought maybe these guys just didn't have, have uh, elite-level chemistry. But I still thought it was a good match. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. How about, let's talk about our guy there, Aleister Black, beating uh, Adam Cole in uh, what I thought was going to be the match of the night when it finished. Yeah, I mean, a lot of rough bumps in that one. And... <sighs> Cole, in particular, his hand was, like, bleeding profusely. They had to wrap it up at one point yeah. with tape. Uh, you, you know, I we've talked before about not really knowing what Adam Cole is. Right. Like, neither of us really being super familiar with his work on the indies. Not having heard about, like, if he's had that match that you absolutely must go see. Though, I did hear that at Wrestle Kingdom last year... He took on Kyle O'Reilly. That's what people always talk about is the him and O'Reilly And that that match is great. And I, I've been meaning to go back and no, check it out. We should watch that Because I week. do have New Japan World now. We should watch um, that. But 
I've been impressed. I've been really impressed with him. Yeah. Now, look, a lot of his matches that he's had since entering NXT are gimmicky matches, like, you know, the Extreme Rules match here, like the War Games match. But he has, like, been uh, a high point of them, I would certainly say. Well, even on NXT television, him and Roddy had that, that good match, just singles, clean down the middle. I- I'm still not sold on Adam Cole. I don't know if I'm an insane person or not. Am I just being obstinate at this point? I think so. Like, I... I, okay, let me say this. The taunt, the baby, mm-hmm. I love it. I think that is so fun when he does the knees. Adam Cole, baby, and I think it's so cool. But it feels so undeniably giant baby face to me that I find it confusing in matches. But also, like, NXT is a predominantly smart crowd. And there's nothing that Cole has done as a character since entering NXT. Yeah. And that really the whole stable has done that is not heelish. They are... You know, whiners when they don't get their way. They have attacked everyone. The they have advantage. put themselves uh, above the entire company. Basically, the fact that he is a uh, charming, handsome man with a big taunt that the crowd is into—that is a adult, smart crowd. Of course, they're gonna love a cool heel. I guess, but like Owens got booed, Almas gets booed, Neville got booed. Like, there's lots of great, cool heels that have come through the NXT program that get booed at the top. Adam Cole gets giant ovations then when the the cheers are reaching a fever pitch yeah. he goes and does a call and response and yeah. that's problematic to I, me I guess and see the thing there is like Owens would turn the crowd on the mic of course and Cole doesn't do that really. well and Cole has such an obvious out there he goes to tease it he goes to put his fingers out and he goes no anything. like you it's so yeah. obvious uh, so that I, I think Adam Cole's good. I'm still waiting for that moment where I really connect with him but I loved this match okay I just I feel like eventually he will turn and when he does turn babyface, it's gonna be dope. You're gonna love him then. Oh, I, I totally, I couldn't agree more. I love that taunt as it. I don't yeah. know why I like it so much. I just think it's great. Uh, Justin Ember Moon, uh, I called this one wrong. Beats Shayna Baszler in her debut. Yeah, can we just before we move on from the black match talk yeah. about two spots in particular? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the chair spot. Oh yeah. Uh, dropping him <sighs> his spine onto both of the ridges of the chair. Yeah, basically. let's talk about this. That was horrific. <laughs> I like I screamed when it happened. <laughs> Justin and I went outside uh, after that match, yeah. and uh, we talked about that spot for a while. Now, when they played it again in slow motion, it didn't look as brutal because you could see that he didn't actually take it like right in the spine. It was kind of further up so that his shoulders could take most of it, yeah. like just like his under shoulder, basically. Yeah. Whereas like when it first happened, I thought he killed him, basically. It looked so brutal. And when he goes and he flips the chairs, so now the backs are touching each other, I mm. thought that was a great moment, too. He's like, oh, you think that's bad? Yeah. And then sort of looks around. I thought that was awesome. I thought that spot, like you say, looked awesome. The kendo stick on the moonsault. Oh, I like forgot about that. Like a mid-air kendo stick oh. strike. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I forgot Just to be able that. to land properly after getting hit in the air like that. Uh, very impressive. But I also thought uh, that the table spot where they took down the announce table with um, the double knees yeah. off of the uh, partition, I guess, or whatever you want to call yeah, that. Yeah, barricade. Yeah, it was awesome. It, I didn't see that coming either. And also, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that coming as a move, and I also did not think that like that level of impact would be enough to buckle the table because so often we see problems where like the table doesn't break and it could not have gone perfectly. Yeah, that that table spot was and like you, I was like, the table can break on this? Like exactly. he must have hit him hard. Exactly. Let's move on here because I think we both have a lot to say about the main event. Yep. Uh but let's let's talk here a little bit about uh Ember Moon and uh Shayna Baszler. Shayna losing in her in her debut. What'd you think of this? Like I said last week, I think the reason why you can debut someone and have them lose in their debut is because in the women's division there is only that one match. Yeah. You don't get to have 
uh, a Velveteen Dream spot on the card if you're a woman in NXT, and that's just the way it is right now. It's maybe not fair, maybe not the greatest, yeah. but that's how it goes. And I thought for a debut, they still like put her over pretty good. She I looked agree. like a million bucks at the end. She cut a promo after the fact that I don't know if it was for the web, but it played on NXT television this week too, yep. where she was like, you think I lost that match? I might not have won, but I'm coming out the winner in the grand scheme, basically. It's a good way to treat that. Um, and... And she's right because she did look like a killer. She is a she is genuinely frightening in the way that like maybe only Samoa Joe is. You know, like oh, certainly yeah. I would not want to run into Shayna Baszler on the street. She's a scary woman. I saw a lot on uh, Twitter and other social medias, Justin, that the the armbar spot went too long at the end. That didn't strike me as too long when we were watching it. It felt real. Yeah, I, that was sort of my take on it too. I thought I actually enjoyed that. Like she kept going back to it. Ember was selling accordingly, at getting worse and worse and worse. I, I didn't mind that spot, but I saw a lot of people go, "Ah, way too long." No, because like if Ember is going to sell the arm to that extent, and she did her, you know, big time top rope stunner, and then couldn't yeah. pin, yeah, because the arm was killing her too much, then clearly she cannot win off of offense. You know, like it has to be a kind of a kind of sneaky thing like she did. I thought the finish was great. I still I still like the Eclipse quite a bit, uh, the, the top rope stunner. Oh, it's an does. amazing it, move. It, it, I'm always surprised when it looks as good as it does because it seems something that could be problematic, but mm. but it, I feel like it always looks good. It's, it's exactly the same kind of thing where uh, Ember didn't beat Asuka in that last match, but right. she seemed like she could. Right. And that was enough to give her the rub. That's the rub. And uh, I feel like uh, Shayna got the same thing here. She didn't beat her, but she took her so close that she could have. Here we go, Justin. Uh, Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano, 32 minutes. Uh, An I, absolute classic. I think, well, like I said, we went outside after the takeover, and I said, yeah, that, that's my easy match of the year. And you were kind of surprised because, as listeners know, I, I went to Wrestle Kingdom. I flew to Tokyo mm -hmm. to see this and was very thrilled with it, but I have no problem saying that this is still my match of the year. I thought this was... It, what more do you want from a wrestling match? Two guys with great chemistry, advancing a story, both playing their characters... I don't know what more you could want from a wrestling match. I loved this. And it match. was full of surprises also. One of the things we talked about while it was happening even was that like they kept going into familiar spots yeah. and then end ending them in ways that we've not seen before. I feel like the story of the match is almost turning convention on its head, be it the, the Tree of Woe where Gargano doesn't sit up except to dodge it, the exact opposite as it usually goes. Yeah. Uh, there, there were many examples. I'm struggling to think of the other two right now. But a bunch of like uh, reversals and things that we've just never seen before. Oh, of, like uh, a lot of spots that uh, both guys do pretty often. Andrade's moonsault that he always misses, he misses it, and then just does the standing one on him. Just, just great stuff. Yeah, it was uh, just... I, I, yeah, I mean, it got five stars from Meltzer, the first WWE match to get more. that since Cena versus Punk. Wow. Uh, Is that right? Yeah, so it's been seven years since there's been a five-star match yeah, in WWE, nonsense. according to Big Dave. <laughs> so I don't know what he gave to the Wrestle Kingdom matches, so I don't know if, like, Kenny got another six-star match or No, whatever. Omega Jericho got five, right? Uh, well, I think this was way better. I think honestly. this kicks the shit out of Omega Jericho. Yeah, I, like, no, <laughs> I this was... I. I felt like I, we were both going you know, like, to kind of tiptoe around it when we were talking about it afterwards. I mean, like, oh, I kind of think that was better than anything that happened <laughs> on Wrestle Kingdom. Like, that was going to be, like, an unpopular opinion. 
But it like it is. It's the match of the year right now, For, uh, and it will probably be the match of the year in December. Also, I don't see anything being better than that. It was fucking incredible. It was, and and again, it shows that wrestling is best when there is a clear bad guy, a clear good guy. People are playing to their characters, and there's run-ins that make sense. Yeah, but uh, we've gone a little over. <laughs> Sorry, I stopped checking the clock there. How got all you? excited. That's all right. We're only twenty seconds over. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, wow. What a what a Oh, oh, we might as well give it. What's your overall Oh, we'll do it at the top of the next round. No, we'll do it right now. What's your letter grade for NXT? A+. Plus. No, you know what? I won't cuz the undercard didn't deliver to that extent. I'll give it a a yeah, B+ plus or an A-. minus. Yeah, B B+ plus for me. Yeah. Great show though. Well, why don't we go from there into uh I guess I was going to say the people segment, but we already did that. We one. did the people segment. It's out of the way. This one's uh, I guess it's just for us, yes. not for the people no, at all. the people hate this segment. Yeah, if you're a person, do not listen to this next segment. If you are not a person, stay tuned. <laughs> it is called Keep It or Kick It. And Josh, you are going to read a list of topics? Yes. Maybe people, maybe things that could happen? Ideas? Yes. Concepts? Yes. And I'm going to decide whether I love them or hate them. Uh, whether I want to keep them or whether I want to kick them. That's right, Justin. I couldn't explain it better myself except that I have in the past. Are you ready for a <laughs> round of Keep It or Kick It? Uh, I'm so ready. Justin. Chris Jericho, IC title run in 2018. IC title? WWE IC title. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. A run would make it seem like a long time. I kind of want to see him do some more New Japan stuff. Yeah, I'm going to kick it. Drake Maverick being a person's name. Mm, I'm going to kick that one, too. It's probably the worst, <laughs> like, gimmick name that they've ever come up with. It sounds like the, like, uh, the, um, you know, character, like, the author insert character name <laughs> in, like, a fan fiction that Vince McMahon is writing about himself. Like, it's, like, <laughs> like, the, the... The CEO of Alpha Entertainment, Drake Maverick, oh, walked into the boardroom and said, like, this is just... That uh, is too accurate. It's the fanfic that Vince is writing. So Justin, Drake Maverick has a name? Out. Kick it. Jonathan Coachman replacing Booker T on commentary. Oh, God. Awful. I hate Coach so much. Kick it. Uh, Dixie Carter being EC3's manager on NXT television. Keep it. Uh, Rusev being a babyface. Keep it. I hope they do a double turn this week with Bobby Roode. Jinder Mahal, a trade to Raw. Oh. Yeah, Raw needs some people right now. The injuries are really stacking up, and I feel like you'd have some fresh matchups over there where he's just kind of getting lost in the shuffle right now. Triple H versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Um, kick it. Braun Strowman's entrance music. Keep it. Bobby Fish's mustache. Keep it for sure. A wrestler entering with their pet dog. Keep it. The Stone Cold Podcast returning to the network. Oh, why have they not done that in a long time? I don't know. It's been a long time. I know, it was and great. And it used to be appointment television. We watched them together. Yeah, bring it back. <laughs> Keep it. Uh, Mark Henry as Raw GM. Ooh. Yeah. Put him on TV again. Yeah. Do something with him, for sure. I'm into it. Keep it. The UK title being defended on 205 Live. Keep it. Dean Ambrose returning as a heel. It's it's nice for like two, uh, not two hundred five. Did you say two hundred five? I said two hundred five live. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess like it acts as like a secondary title for both NXT and two hundred five. Yeah, same let time. it float between. Yeah, I agree. Keep it. I kind of like also that NXT uh, has guys who are under two hundred five pounds. But they just call them wrestlers and let them wrestle anyone that they want to. What a crazy idea. Justin, monster truck matches returning. Uh, kick that. 
Ty Dillinger joining the Revival, as he tweezed, teased on Twitter this week. Ooh, keep it. The top tens. Yeah. And finally, Daniel Bryan returning to the independence. Ooh, I mean, I think he's going to have to do it if he wants to wrestle again is do it somewhere else, and then WWE will see that they're leaving money on the table by not letting him do it, him do it with them. Like Angle, you know? Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the only way he's going to wrestle a WWE match again is if he does it somewhere else first. So, keep it. And that was Keep It or Kick It. Wow, a fun fun little round once again. Always yeah. enjoy it. People, you can tune back in. That one was for us. <laughs> yep, yep. And with that, we will move on to, to round number three. Round three. Fight. Oh, Justin, I love to drink liquor. Yeah? Yeah. Do you know where I do that? Uh, at the bar? At the bar. Do you know what I hold the beer with? Uh, your hand? My arm, Justin, because I like arm bars and I like Ronda Rousey. <laughs> yes. That was a tenuous segue. Now, look, I gave you props earlier for calling the Hurricane debuting in the Rumble or coming back rather as a surprise return. Yes. I also need to apologize to you right now. Why is that? Because uh, the people don't know this. But uh, the hashtag good friends almost broke up this week. Did we? Yeah, because you had some crazy idea that Ronda would not be on Raw after oh, debuting in the Rumble. I don't know if we almost broke up over <laughs> this. No, I think we did, bud. Okay. Uh, I was furious. You were like, uh, do you think Ronda's going to be on Raw? I don't think she will be. And I was like, are you insane? <laughs> are you a crazy person? Obviously, everyone is tuning in to see Ronda. She has to be on Raw. How do you follow up that angle where she didn't say anything with her not being on TV. Justin literally said in our wrestling chat group, he said, that's like asking if Asuka's going to be on Raw. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, I said that I, I didn't think Ronda was going to be on Raw, and, and she wasn't, but I think they made a mistake there, Justin. What do you uh, think? Well, she, apparently it's a miracle that they got her to the Rumble at all because she's filming a movie in Columbia right now, oh, okay. which is part of why her surprise debut was such a surprise because she was working us online. Yeah. She even got one of the makeup people on the film set to post a selfie with Ronda like three hours before the show from Columbia. Uh, Jess, I don't remember. Did you so think... it was a bit of a later, Graham, as, <laughs> if you will. Ah, very but, good, uh, Justin. The kids a, love later, Graham. surprise Grams. nonetheless. Uh, Justin, did you think, I don't remember, that Ronda was going to be at the Royal Rumble on Sunday? Yeah. Okay, see, I did not. So this was uh, very shocking to me. I mean, I was doing my Sportsnet radio show uh, right. on Sunday night. Okay, we, went, we get it. We went until 8 o'clock because we were like the post-game show for the NHL All-Star game. Okay. Um, so it's... It started late and went late. Typically, I'm on from like 2 to 6, and yeah. this week we went from 4.30 to 8. Okay. Uh, and so I was on Ronda Watch for the whole night because we talked about it on the show, the fact that like when, when the men's rumble went on, which meant that the women's rumble was going to close the show – I brought up on the air that if the women's rumble is closing the show, that probably means they're closing with their biggest angle, which is going to be Ronda Rousey. So right. we're on hashtag Ronda watch right now. She's going to be there. Uh, it's a matter of when, uh, not if at this point. Because, look, I think it's, it is pro wrestling, but I think a sports audience is still curious as to what is next for Ronda Rousey. Yeah. She's been one of the most compelling figures uh, in sports uh, as a whole, in the totality of the sports landscape over the last 
you know, five years or so. Yeah, she she's uh, as popular as it gets in terms of crossover appeal. I mean, I'm a big MMA fan, as we know. And, like, Ronda Rousey is the only fighter that my, my some of my customers, some people in my family would be like, oh, Ronda's fighting this weekend, right? And they'd ask me questions. So mm-hmm. so in my mind, Ronda was this, this giant star. But now she's been mostly out of the public eye for a year and a half, coming off a brutal loss to Amanda Nunes and hasn't done any interviews or anything. And I was wondering how this would affect her star power coming to WWE. I mean, I think she talked on, like, Ellen or something but about didn't address like, battling anything. with depression after that loss. I think that was after the Holly Holm loss. Okay. Uh, you know, th- you're probably right about that. I think that it was, she did some interview, but the, the interview was given very strict notes to not even talk about MMA. It's like she's here to promote a movie. Uh, but she did talk about, uh, like, really being thrown off by what had happened to her. And, that's and, right. And having to, uh, you know, struggle with with depression as a result. And look, I'm sympathetic to that. I of think. course. Uh, I, you know, I mean, not me. I mean, like, look, she might have made a millions of dollars by kicking people in the head and flipping them or whatever, but like, <laughs> Tearing their she's still off. a person, you know, yeah. she still has human uh, issues and, and struggles and ordeals and, uh, I thought I thought it was great that she talked about that, uh, but too. then she kind of just vanished for a long time. And we had kind of known since she appeared at WrestleMania two years ago that wrestling has always been a passion of hers. Yes, and that she was very uh, interested in and, and a dream uh, for her to want to pursue eventually when her MMA career came to an end. I just think a lot of us felt that her MMA career was not going to come to an end for. Uh, a good while longer. A little longer, yeah. yeah. And fans of her MMA career were, are well familiar with her. She's a true pro wrestling fan. I mean, even from her nickname, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. A lot of her MMA interviews, she would be talking about like things that had happened on Raw. Like She followed the week-to-week product. Like yeah. she, she is a true blue fan. But this is all to say, Justin, when she entered after the Women's Royal Rumble, did she feel huge to you? Yes. Okay, she very didn't to so. me. Really? No. Uh, I was very surprised. And now maybe, again, this comes down to WWE's utilization. But how excited am I really going to get about her just coming out, saying nothing, and pointing at the WrestleMania sign a dozen times? Um, I mean, it's just the announcement that she's here. Right. You know, and that she's going to be at WrestleMania. But and I, that this is actually happening. Right. This is, not, this is no longer scuttlebutt. This is no longer dirt sheets. This is no longer, uh, you know, fucking rumor and innuendo. Right. This, this is, is uh, this is real life. This is happening. Uh, so and I, 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 that was an overwhelming thing for her, even. She gave an yeah. interview with uh, ESPN immediately after the show went off the air where she's, like, speechless and in tears and basically being like... Yep. I can't believe this is this is real. Like yeah. this is this is this is actually happening. She had a really good line in that interview where she said what she normally does for a living, she she doesn't uh, get to appreciate the moment, only the result. Whereas being here, she got to appreciate the moment and there was no result. And I thought that was very interesting and a, a good insight to the mindset difference of like a true athlete competitor coming into this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, I saw a lot of, uh, I think Nikki Bella tweeted and Nia Jax as well, some sort of, uh, distaste with like the WWE putting the, out that they the video package was all built around Ronda and right. the fact that thirty women made history the night before and she was not actually a part of that. I've got to be honest. I think this is a stupid complaint. Uh, I th- I think so too because you're bringing in someone who is not just going to be the biggest star in your division, but probably the biggest star in your entire company. Definitely the biggest star in the company. And that is to going the to casual put, fan? Yeah, and that's going to put such a spotlight on the women's division. Well, I thought that was the one thing they did really well, was they had the three women, Asuka, Charlotte, and Alexa, all in the ring, and Ronda sort of had like a small moment with each of them. Mm-hmm. They gave those three ladies some... I don't want to she say... She was wearing Roddy Piper's jacket that was given to her by his son before the show. Cool, eh? 
Uh, I, my favorite caption that I saw in the photo of all four of them in the ring together was like that feeling when you borrow your dad's leather jacket, but when you get to school, there's two other girls who already have leather jackets that fit them, and also an anime character is there for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good caption. So, Justin, of those three women, let's keep it there for a bit, because I don't think this is what she's doing at WrestleMania, but let's just say she is. Of those three, who are you most interested in a Ronda Rousey match against? Uh, Charlotte, probably, but I also feel like they should save that match for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the Rumble itself for a second here? Because we didn't do that. Of course. Before. Yeah, maybe we should start that. Uh, it was great to see all of these women come back. A lot of legends. My only problem was they gave most of the eliminations to the legends. Yeah, Michelle McCool put out, what, three or four Five people? people, maybe. I mean, that's insane. Which I was joking about Undertaker politicking for that backstage. <laughs> like, yeah, you can give Lita some eliminations and give some eliminations to... Molly Holly or whatever, but uh, my wife's got to eliminate the most, bud. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like that. Uh, the The returning legends did feel like they were more the focus in the women's match than in the, the men's match, but I felt I like. But, I mean, it was, just, it was a salute to the entire history of For women's sure. wrestling in WWE. And and the wrestling itself was pretty spotty in this match. There was, there was some... I don't know, though. There was some... I thought a lot of those ladies who came back could do the Mickey James thing of coming back full-time again. Trish could... Tori Wilson, Tori Wilson cannot. But Tori Wilson was never a great wrestler in the Absolutely first place. Absolutely not. But boy, she has not and improved. Like Kelly Kelly, of course, you know, probably not great either. Molly Holly's exit out of the ring was one of the most painful looking things I've ever seen. But like, Molly Holly doing like the flip, the Molly yeah, go round or whatever. Molly go round. It was yep. awesome. Yeah, th that looked great. Her traditional spot. Her getting thrown over the rope. You should go back and rewatch it. She gets dumped. Oh, I, I mean, She just it. smokes the apron and then like rolls it. off super slow. I thought Trish getting dumped by Sasha looked pretty rough too. Actually. Yeah, th there was, but but that w this match wasn't about the the t and the Rumble seldom are where it's yeah. about like the the in ring pull. But I thought it was worth pointing out. And again, like you say. For the first one, it's important to have it be a celebration of women's wrestling. Yeah, and look, we talked about the fact that what made the men's rumble so great was the fact that your final four were all of the favorites. I think that was the flaw with this match is, like, it seemed to be saying that, like, oh, let's salute the Bellas as being such a huge part of WWE wrestling I hated for women, that final three. Which, fuck that, because they're not. They, they super they're, aren't. They are the problem, actually. Look, they look, they've both gotten better to a point where they can have passable matches. But, like, when people talk about the revolution, they are what we are evolving away <laughs> from. And not only that, like, people like to act like, yeah, no, Brie and Nikki have come a long way. Have they? They have. They've come a long way from being absolute zero. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Nikki and Natalia was okay, and people acted like it was, it was good. the second... It was the okay. The promos were better than the matches, but the promos, the promos were, were great. great. The, prom the build to that match was great. But again, the Bellas aren't good wrestlers. I, I tweeted from the Top Marks account, P Nikki Bella got a gigantic response in the arena, which I understand. Mm -hmm. But then on my Twitter feed, oh, Nikki Bella's here. This is Why is it dope that Nikki Bella is here? Yeah. She hasn't been gone long enough that it seems great that she's here. Mm -hmm. And she isn't good enough for me to get stoked about her being I there. Was actually and then, then she's way in more, the final three. I was actually way more stoked for Brie to come back. It's been Nikki. longer, yeah. yeah. And, and we we actually thought she was retired. Right. So, I don't know. I had a problem with that final three. And she three. had a kid, you know? And we didn't even, of course, and we didn't even get the moment of Asuka just bludgeoning those two. Like, she got to eliminate them, but I was like, all right. No, she didn't even get to eliminate Brie. Nikki No, did I that. know. She, in the cheap way. So she gets to eliminate Nikki, and I get that. But there was no, like, 
I wanted the two of them trying to handicap on her, and she just starts forearming these two. As soon as Sasha got dumped out, the stakes died. Instantly. It, yes. Like, I was complaining about Roman, Big Show, and Kane earlier. I have to do the same Your here. final four should have been Asuka, Sasha, Becky, and Bailey. There you go, yeah. And if you want to have a fourth in there, somebody on the rise, an Ember Moon or something, where it's like, whoa, are they going to do this? And I'm a, fine And with like that. a Nikki or a Brie. Like, there's room for one more right. legend probably in your final six, but like, they can't have two like people who are gone be in the final three. Yeah, it removes all the stakes. Uh, I thought Nia looked amazing in this match. Absolutely. Uh, re- and as you should. That's the sort of match where you get your monster had over. Had like a, a Neo in the Matrix yep. Reloaded moment where she's just clobbered by all the Agent Smiths and still manages to like, like throw out. them all off of her. I actually loved that. And again, I thought Nia sh- uh, shone bright throughout this entire match. Uh, let's, let's segue back here to Ronda yeah, Rousey. Yeah, because there w- I saw a headline from Vice yesterday. Okay. And it's not any of our friends from Vice. It wasn't Rob Russo. It wasn't Ian Williams. I don't know who the jabron was who wrote this. Uh-oh. Some lady I've never heard of. Careful, she's probably a future guest on the show if she writes for Vice. Ronda Rousey presents the same problems for WWE as she did UFC. That's the headline. Here's right. the uh, the slug or the kicker, the promo, yeah, whatever. Sure. Uh, minutes into her pro wrestling career, she had already managed to become peak Rousey. Too much too soon exciting but also exhausting she's been on tv for a total of four minutes how can you say she's exhausting i'm not joking i think we should probably invite the author on because i'd love to explore what the fuck she meant by that yeah she was there for three minutes it didn't say anything yeah how did now now if you want to make the complaint that That she's being rocketed into the title picture or whatever that that might be too much too soon but that's nonsense too what the hell else are you gonna what else are you going to do with Ronda Rousey? Now, I think she's in a mixed tag at Mania. I, I absolutely think... think so as well, and we are not uh, just like hypothesizing. That seems to be, by all indications, the plan is that they want to do the match that they teased two years ago. And that's the right thing. The Rock thing. and Ronda versus Triple H and Stephanie. And that's the right thing to do. There's no Listen, I'm sure Ronda Rousey, uh, she's going to enter the Performance Center as the best athlete they have. I'm sure she's going to have some natural knack for this, but she's supposed to learn how to be a professional wrestler. And in a mixed tag, she can hide she's that. She's probably been in the Performance Center for like six months already and For we sure. just don't even know about it. Uh, who knows, right? Like she's probably, there's reason to think that she is, I don't want to say a capable professional wrestler, but somebody who could work a mixed tag match at this mm-hmm. point, right? Especially with her natural athletic gifts. I think doing her in the Rock, is it her in the Rock versus Triple H and Stephanie? Yeah, that except sort of- it doesn't seem like the Rock's going to be able to do it because filming for Jungle Cruise starts uh, in May and uh, just like the insurance cost of having to delay a filming schedule because he suffered an injury wrestling is so extreme that he probably won't be allowed to do it. However, this is not The Rock versus John Cena for half an hour. This is a mixed gender tag match where you could not ask for a more lenient you know, thing. And, like, even Triple H is probably about as safe an, an opponent for him as possible. Well, and people are just going to be so stoked to see Ronda, I think. Like, it could be this year's uh, Miz and Maurice versus Cena and Nikki Bella, mm-hmm. where it's just... And the crowd was hot for that match, if you recall. But it's probably going to be uh, what looked like the Triple H feud. If The Rock can't do it, it will be Braun in his place. So oh, is that? Bronda versus Triple H and Stephanie. Oh, my God. Is that what people are saying? 
Yeah. I, I couldn't. Oh, I guess that makes sense because I thought Braun and Triple H should sort of tease some. Yeah. That, wow, that would be interesting. Now, we Braun only have like 40 seconds left here, Josh. Go, go, so go. I do want to say yeah. uh, Mike was saying that uh, maybe we WWE is going to have to create a women's only show because they're going to fill this match every year with 30 women. How many of the people were actual full timers in WWE on the men's side this year? Like 28, 26? Yeah. They just don't have that, the numbers for that on, on the women's side at the moment. And you're not going to get all of those nostalgic comebacks every single year. I don't think they need a, a dedicated show because if you have Ronda on Raw, the women are going to get so much of a bigger spotlight on exactly. Raw. Exactly. You don't need a separate show to have like a women's tag belt. You could just do it on the fucking three-hour show that often feels like it's spinning its wheels. Yeah, I agree with that. I just had to get that out there. I'm proud with of you. Not a lot of time left. You did amazing, uh, Justin. Are you ready to uh, do what I like to call? Answer questions. Uh, I'd love to call it that, too. Yeah, because it's what we do. Yeah, we do do that. Justin and I put out the call on Twitter, and uh, they our listeners always come up with amazing questions for us. I love doing this part of the show. Same. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's start doing it, then. I, I cannot wait to just, like, get and into get it. Get to it. You know? There's nothing holding you back right now I'm except just, your own mouth, I'm I guess. just saying I'm very excited for I this. I guess it's your brain that drives your mouth. So it's technically your brain that's holding you back. I do have a very slow brain. Yeah, so eventually your brain will get to the point where you start reading the question. Justin, our first question to us from this week comes from uh, Daniel, at Early 90s Fans on Twitter. Ah, he hello. Looks, and he asks, how much do you think one of Braun Strowman's bowel movements weighs? You can just reply to this tweet if you don't want to lose all your listeners by discussing this on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, and I thought, forget it. This is probably the question we're going to spend the most time on. I mean, like The Rock, I would assume. Like, The Rock posts his meals and stuff. Yeah. He's, I bet Braun eats an enormous amount Dude, of food. Dude, Braun must eat an unbelievable amount of food. He, he, it's like the the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. They just, like, <laughs> just put like a live that. goat out every night for Braun to he feast has, on. He has to go hunt it. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I don't really know how much, like, a general bowel movement weighs, so that puts me at a bit of a disadvantage in this one. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say, I'm gonna say uh, Braun's weigh 12 pounds. I'm going to say uh, a kilo, just one kilogram. Okay. I don't know how many pounds that is. I think 12, so we're saying the same thing. <laughs> we, we have the Exact same answer. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't one, think so. No, I'm pretty sure no, on this one. I don't think so because. Uh, Hang on, no, think of the famous rhyme. Mike eats uh, a kilo of shepherd's pie every night, and that is not 12 pounds of beef and potato. Okay, but what about the old saying, uh, you know a kilogram, that's a dozen pounds? I don't think I've ever heard that saying before. Read the question. I just think, uh, yeah, he's shitting out a little literal <laughs> kilogram of poop every time. <laughs> this one comes to us from Blair Pacheco. Oh, sorry, the Borgman Super Superfan, Blair Pacheco. What does Blair ask? He asks, who would win in a battle of the bands with all of the wrestlers who've had musician <laughs> gimmicks? I wish it would be Van Hammer, but it wouldn't. <laughs> it isn't Van Hammer. Uh, gosh, it seems like such recency bias to say Elias, but I feel like he is the music gimmick guy that I've been the most into maybe ever. Yeah, and now like he's gotten so good at the songs that he has to get heat by not singing by starting you know? to suck yeah so uh no by just not playing at all that's how he gets the heat now People so want it. uh i don't know who would he be up against three-man band yeah aiden uh, english Keith slater aiden english honky tonk man honky tonk man oh who else? i feel like we're missing a bunch probably were crime time actually rappers or was that just how they were presented i have no idea uh, the usos rap yeah, that's not really a they music. They do their gimmick. own theme song. Tyler Breeze does his own theme song. Uh, Shawn Michaels did his own theme song. Yeah, uh, Enzo Amore 
uh, who's a little persona non grata on this podcast <laughs> right now. We don't talk about him anymore. Yeah, but he did uh, sing the intro. Were, were the rockers, were they supposed to be like a band, or did they just like rock and roll no, I music? Think, I think that's a good question, actually. I think they just like liked rocking out. Uh, okay. I didn't get the sense like Marty Jannetty was like a drummer or anything. <laughs> <laughs> just our next question comes to us this week from Yeti 30 Ounce, Rambler Chuglid at Fake Kane. Yeah, all right. And he asks... I think it would be fun if the hashtag good friends put together a five moves of doom sequence. Do that. What, is, what does this mean? So the John Cena five moves of doom, the shoulder block, shoulder block, uh, he lifts and drops them, five knuckle shuffle, AA. Okay. Okay, so we're putting together a sequence that, uh, now this is where the, the question is confusing to my peanut brain. Because the five moves of Dune were used as a, a means of discrediting Cena for a long time. It's like mm-hmm. he only does these five moves. So I don't know if that's what we're trying to replicate, like something that would be boring, or a five-move sequence that is cool and I want to see a lot. But I think it's more fun if we do the latter. What do you think? Uh, yeah, let's do, let's do the second one. Okay, so I'm I, w- s- I want to end it with... Oh, we're working backwards. Yeah. Nothing like starting well, with the main well, event. No, you got to start. You got to pick what your finisher is first and then build the lead into it. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and one of my favorite finishers right now is the end of Hardic. Oh, Roderick the, the lung blower. Yeah. Okay. You want to end? It's a, except it's like, it's not, it's a cooler lung blower, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, or no, his, a ba- is his, no, his signature is the backbreaker. And then it's then like then. it comes out of a suplex and then he drops their back. Right, right. I can't can think of it. Yeah. Okay, so we're finishing with that. So it's like an inverted lung blower. Okay, so like, I, I guess we'll do the. I don't know. We don't have to finish with that. No, that's, that's just okay. my favorite finisher right now. That's your favorite finisher? Yeah, one of them. Wow. I really enjoy it. Well, it's pretty good. I, lo- I love Roddy Strong. That's Ro- the thing. Roddy Strong is your new number one contender for the UK title. We're going to get insane. Roddy Strong versus um, fucking. P- Pete, Pete Dunn. Dunn. You're gonna have an erection from now until then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, a- I don't know. They're either gonna do it on NXT TV or that could be a WrestleMania Takeover Weekend match. Dude, that is like a match built for you. Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunn. You know, that's I like love the Mad Roddy Mad Morissette yeah. match of the moment. Well, what, what do you think we should end? What should the final finisher be then? If not that? No, I think the end of Hardik's fine. Yeah. Uh, we open though, since you got to pick the closer, I picked the open. Okay. It's a uh, it's a forearm. Into an Irish whip into the ropes, okay? So he okay. hits him with a forearm, and now he's sending him the other way, and then it's a back elbow. Okay, so that's our first two moves? Yeah, that's right, yeah. All so right. where he would do shoulder block, shoulder block, it's forearm into the ropes. You don't turn around until the back elbow. You understand okay, what I'm saying? Okay, and they're both like uh, Cassius Ono level That's r- brutal, yeah. Okay, okay, so now your opponent is laid out, okay? Okay. So we have to get him up somehow. So uh, no, we're going to do a, a grounded move right now. Okay. And that's going to be a standing shooting star splash. <laughs> this is quite the sequence. Okay. So it's forearm, back elbow, standing shooting star press. We still have to get them up. So then I guess you just go into the end of heartbreak. You would lift them up. Well, you could do one more move before that. Okay. So we have to get them up. Uh, how about, I don't know, just like a, a full Nelson press. No. How about... Um, a like catapult, grab him by the legs, yeah, okay. fling him into the turnbuckle, he bounces into the turnbuckle, and as he's like wobbling backwards, then you hit him with the end of heartache. This is an insane sequence that I've into it, Justin. <laughs> our next question this week comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow. It's our guy, Doug, Doug Crap. Crap. And he asks a question that uh, I think is very easy. Oh, uh, yeah? He asks, what's your favorite wrestling video game? And I think we can do this. If I go one, two, three, we say it aloud, okay? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. 
Three. No, no mercy. mercy. Yes, Justin, we did it. Yeah, uh, N64's uh, No Mercy. The, the I almost cr- said WrestleMania 2000, but No Mercy is just WrestleMania 2000, but better. But just souped up a bit, better yeah. career mode. Uh, it's the one I spent the most time playing as well, which probably counts for a lot. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you have to say about it? I mean, the, I probably spent more time on like the WCW NWO games. Uh, really? But it's the same engine, and so it's, again, like WrestleMania 2000 is a better version of those WCW games. Uh, no Mercy is the best version of all, you know? Yeah. And uh, just super fun. A, a fun creative wrestler pa- uh, thing. Great for ba- career For back mode. in the day, great career mode. Just a great game all around. Yet to be topped. Uh, this one comes to us from friend of the show, Scoots Brodo. Can I say how clever it is putting that in his name? <laughs> he is a friend of the show, though. Yeah. Is, I don't know if it's necessary to put that in. He uh, he writes, obviously Braun Strowman is extremely strong. What do you think is the <laughs> largest fruit, vegetable, gourd, etc., that you think he could crush with his bare hands. Wow. I okay. bet it's one of those enormous country fair type pumpkins. I feel like a pumpkin's kind of easy to crush. I don't think so. Like the the huge ones, like a county fair. Maybe I've like never seen a big we're pumpkin. We're thinking of pumpkins that are like almost the size of Braun Strowman himself. Okay. I mean, he can flip a truck, so maybe he could still crush it. Could he crush a watermelon? I don't think so. Yeah, I think he could. Yeah? Yeah, yeah dude. Braun Strowman, like, dude, he can flip a car by I- himself. My answer is uh, a banana. A banana. Or six bananas. Six bananas. Six, wait, it has to be a gourd or a melon. Yeah. Uh, uh, three honeydew. I don't think he could do like a county fair style pumpkin, though maybe the one I'm thinking of in my head is bigger than uh, the one that Scoots is thinking of. Okay. So may- like maybe if it was like a big pumpkin, but not like the biggest pumpkin you've ever seen, he could do it. <laughs> But uh, I think he could do a big pumpkin for sure. I'll say maybe a watermelon. Yeah. Okay. okay. Just our next question. This I think, I think uh, you know, Charlie Brown wouldn't be celebrating no great <laughs> pumpkin if Braun Strowman was around. That's how all we, I'm saying. How do we get Braun Strowman retroactively put into every Charlie Brown special? <laughs> Can you imagine he's, like, looking at that sad, wimpy tree and Braun's just like, Braun comes, wipes out Charlie Brown, breaks his damn tree in half. He's like, you why are you bald as a child? Yeah, yeah. She pulls the football out of the way, and then Braun just comes in and is like, that's not fair. <laughs> Eats her. Exactly. Yeah, I'm into the peanuts. Yeah, Braun Strowman is like uh, the monster in Ski Free that eats you when you go too far on the track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a shirt that has Snoopy on it. So there you go. Uh, just our next question this week comes to us from Anders Lau. Well, I was going to say, like, yeah, we have to petition the estate of, um, and then I couldn't remember the Peanuts guy. I thought his name might be Charles Peanuts. <laughs> Oh, the the great great cartoonist Charles Peanuts, Mr. Yeah, Peanuts, named it after himself. He really is the great illustrator of our time, Mr. Peanuts. I mean, there's no other reason for the strip to be called Peanuts. It's about a bunch of kids. What is his name? Charles Schultz. Charles Peanuts. <laughs> yeah, my God, Charles Peanuts. Our next question comes to us from Anders Lau at a loud brother on Twitter, and he asks, "What naming gimmick needs to be retired?" He gives us the options of alliteration, i.e., Roman Reigns, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. The last first name switch, i.e. Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, or the one word name Elias, or two first names like Sarah Logan or Liv Morgan. Well, again, Elias and Rusev and Cesaro all had first names at one point. Right. Or last names is the yeah, case. Adrian maybe. Neville, Antonio Cesaro, and Alexander Rusev. Yes. Look at that. And Elias Sampson. Uh, so I, I just think this shaving off of the names is not, uh, Adrian Neville is not great. Cause yeah, they, they stop seeming like real people. Yeah. 
I, I that's also my pick. And here. like you can you can still just call him Cesaro while acknowledging that his name is Antonio Cesaro. By this metric, Jason Jordan has a terrible name. He he's he's both a two first names and an alliteration guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, alliteration is good, though. Fucking wrestling is comic books. Comic book characters all have alliterative names. Like, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Justin, I believe it's our final question this week. Comes to, well, wait, you're I get to one. read it. it I didn't know you know how to read, vibe From E Prime. Yes. And he asks, here's my question. What's his Twitter handle? At uh, E Prime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> There's an underscore in there, too. Okay, good. Here's my question How did those NXT expectations match up with the actual pay per view? Mm. Did you find the Champa attack post match extraneous or just right? Did Shayna look strong enough? Is Ember still empathetic? I almost said sympathetic, but mm. he writes empathetic. Uh, Dream is more over than ever. Black is the new black. Okay, Justin, here's how we're going to do those, this question. Yeah. You're going to read the first one to me. I'm going to say yes or no, okay. and then you answer it. Okay. Uh, how did our expectations match up with the actual pay-per-view? Pretty strong. Yeah. I would say ma- good match. Yeah, pretty well. Uh, you know, it. They. They. it's almost difficult for a takeover at this point to exceed expectations. That's because right. Because we just expect it to be so great. For sure. And it always lives up. Uh, did you find the Ciampa attack post-match extraneous or just right? I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was very good, too. I don't think – look, we got into it with Rob Russo the other day. I I thought that maybe it's a mistake to not give Johnny the win, though I will say he is like the new Daniel Bryan in that like this is a guy that the audience is so clearly on board with and it doesn't matter how many times he loses. Yes. That support is not going away, and there is a value to that. So I, don't I, get me wrong there. I'm not the world's biggest Johnny Gargano fan, but I totally recognize that he does seem like the heir apparent to that role. I just think that Gargano versus Champa is your biggest story of the year it should be the headlining match and granted they did feel like it was a bigger match than the NXT title match before that they've put the their breakup was the was the main event like the title match did not main event that show so it is possible that mania weekend the main event of takeover is a singles match with no title Gargano versus Champa uh, but I just think that, you know, your biggest story with your biggest stars and I do think Gargano is your biggest star oh stop are you kidding? You think Organo's the biggest star in NXT? Yes. Oh, stop it. We'll get into it later. That's you're fucking. Yeah, you're yeah. Off Both your Almas and Black and Cole you're are all off bigger your than tree. a tree. No, yeah, no, you're Gar- not. Gargano. You I- never even had a tree to begin with, apparently. <laughs> never mind falling off it. Good <laughs> grief. Uh, what if you thought it was just right? The yeah, yeah. I, and I think that your biggest story you're with your biggest stars should be for the title. Okay. So I, I was kind of disappointed that he lost, but also uh, Rob was saying, well, you can't even do the match because he's still injured. You don't do that angle if you can't do the match. Oh, buddy, you're getting worked, Rob. Yeah. He was like, he's, well, he's still at a crutch. <laughs> yeah, but he used it as a weapon. He didn't walk out with it. Rob, Rob, I, love I mean, Rob he walked out with it because he used it as a weapon, but he wasn't, you know. Justin, what's the next part of this question? <laughs> Good was, Lord. It was, did Shayna look strong enough? Yes. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yep. And is Ember still empathetic? No. What? I think I think Ember is uh, has lost something. Really? Yeah, I really do. I don't. Okay. I think she keeps getting better. Okay. Now, I know like you don't like her because you're kind of confused about her gimmick in general. I don't think I'm confused, but I think she is confused about it. No, I feel like they tried to do this supernatural thing with her, 
and it failed. And within three weeks, they were just kind of like, how about you be a real person instead? Then the entrance in Titantron need to change. That she still has like a wolf's howl and a full moon I, I in guess, her entrance. I guess, but the song is, is great. The song's good. It, I, I still just find her very confused. She's she, it's sort of in a Nia Jax way where every time she's talking, she just seems like a really nice, sweet person. Mm-hmm. Then she has these red contacts in and is like, I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't totally I don't know. drive for me. I really enjoyed the build to that match where she was like the defender of the division as Shayna just like yeah. crippled all of these people. I thought that was good. Um, I, I feel like her character work as just like an ordinary, tough, badass woman yeah. is very, very good, but that's obviously not the entirety of what her character is. What's the next part here? Uh, is Dream more over than ever? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about going in last week. One of the things we were most excited about, or I was anyways, was to see what kind of reception he would get in Philly. And it seems like it doesn't matter where he goes. They are happy to see him. Read the trunks, baby. Dream over. I love it. And is black the new black? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I don't know what the question is uh, there. I like the question. Yeah, you think black is the biggest star in the in NXT? I'd have to think about it, but I think he's a. Uh, do I, I do think he's a bigger star than Johnny Gargano? I just don't think... Is that an insane thing to say? Yeah, because the crowd is clearly more into Johnny than anybody. But, I mean, he was with the actual best wrestler, Andrade Cien Almas, who is such an amazing heel that all babyfaces get wildly cheered against him, including Vanilla Man Drew McIntyre. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, there's I that. mean, we're probably going to see Black versus Almas at the Mania. Oh, that's that's probably your your Mania weekend title oh, match. Oh, man, I am fired up. Uh, Do you Justin- think that's a bigger match than Ciampa versus Gargano? It's a good question. I don't know. I'd have to see the builds, I guess. If they happen tomorrow. I don't know. I have to see how Gargano Ciampa builds. It just feels like they it's been off for so They need to revitalize long. it, but I still feel it's it will instantly become the hottest thing again. I'll say this. I think either of us could be proven correct by the time this rolls around. Yeah, and I feel like I should put it out as a poll on the Twitter feed this Good week. Good idea. Yeah, do see, it. See what people are more into. Uh, Justin, our final question this week comes to us from our sponsor, Coca-Cola LLC. Hello, Michael. Oh, I'm Coke now. And he asks... Most underrated gimmick match. Uh, I have one for this. If if you want me, yeah, to, yeah, go you go ahead. first. Uh, at uh, it's a Halloween Havoc. I want to say it's ninety. 92, maybe. There's a WCW. It's called Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. You remember this? Yes. Yeah, so it's a giant wheel with I think eight different match types on it. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the match, and what appears to me to be real, they spin it. Uh, I believe it's Vader versus Cactus Jack, and they end up on a Texas death match. Okay. This is all off the top of my head. Some of these details might be a little shaky. But yeah, the, all good. But the gimmick is that you spin the wheel, and whatever it lands on is the match type you're now participating in. And I think that would be so fun to bring back. Who doesn't want to see that happen? I mean, it makes planning the match impossible unless the wheel is worked. Or you just – well, it does make the match, plan matching impossible, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. You get two guys – AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, two guys who I guarantee are not going to plan out their match step by step. And Nakamura has talked about how the hardest part of the WWE style, especially and I imagine he's talking about Baron Corbin here, is like, okay, I have to be in that spot to do this move, mm-hmm. and he's more used to like a free-flowing fighting style. Yeah. I feel like that sort of guy could do a spin the wheel, make the deal, no problem. And it doesn't matter. Matter because they're going to call their spots on the fly. Exactly. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, I don't know that that's a gimmick match type, though. That's just like the setup for a night of gimmick matches. Um, well, it's just the one match on that show, but you're right. That was just the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what is underrated. Ambrose Asylum. Everybody loves ladder matches. Yep. I feel like... <sighs> Like I, like, I feel like the cage match is not thought to be 
as big as it once was I anymore think they just suck because now. we've seen so many And the door doesn't make other any sense. Things. Yeah. You never want to see a guy make it out the door. I don't yeah. know. I do like cage matches though. I thought the one with the bar and the Hardys was awesome. That's the best recent one. Yeah, and I, 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 like the potential is always there for a good match. I will say I really liked when uh, I think it was Joe and Balor in in oh, NXT. Oh yeah, you're right. That was it was the cage. first cage match that NXT had ever had. It's where it gets super bloody, right? Yeah, the and they match. and they hyped it up like it was this huge deal because we'd never seen a cage match before. And like, man, when I was a kid, I loved cage matches. Yeah. It was always the best. Yep. Uh and and we've just seen them build all these things. Okay, you know what I'm going to say actually? Go ahead. Uh and this is not recency bias because it's coming up. I do feel that the elimination chamber is the most underrated. That's a great answer. That's a great answer cuz no one ever thinks Thinks of it as extremely dope, and yeah. it is extremely dope. Yeah, and like it disappeared for a long time, and and nobody seemed to miss it. The tricky thing is, it sort and of has a legacy of bringing out shitty matches. Because early on, the first couple structures that they built were so difficult to work in. Yeah, that uh, I think that affected the match quality, and also they couldn't really film it properly either. But like lately, I haven't seen a bad elimination chamber match. In the, in the entire run that I've been watching wrestling for the you last have. Like, five years. You have. Uh, the IC one. Ryback one. Yeah, the, the Ryback yeah. one. Yeah, but, I mean, they even did a tag elimination match in that show, oh, yeah, and true. the tag one was great. You're right, actually. Yeah, that was good. Justin, that wraps up our questions for this week. Yeah. Thank you I all just, so much for I'm them. super excited for Elimination Chamber Me this too. year. I yeah. thought last year's was awesome. Yeah, I love the, the Chamber. And I, I'm excited. I just, I don't know... Like, if you overdo it by doing more than just the men's and women's. Because, mm. like, like if they could build to a trios versus trios match here and do a sort of war games thing where oh. partners come out of the chamber. Oh, Justin, you are. Oh, but that that, I had that idea to do, like, uh, Miz Shiraj versus Balor Club in, in oh, the chamber. Come on. But then is that overdoing it to do three chamber matches? Oh, gosh, that's a good. But I'm more interested in that one that you just pitched. Than the, the men's, men's or match. women's. Yeah. Uh, Justin, that's it for our questions this week. Thank you all so much for sending them in. We, yeah, we another, love doing another this. Another long show this week. How long are we in, Justin? Uh, I don't know. Let's find out right now. Because I, I have to do all the begging and pleading. Yeah, it's been like an hour and 35 well, or so. I'll keep my begging brief. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this show, I ask you to go to iTunes, go somewhere, review, subscribe, do all those fun things that you hear on every goddamn show that you yeah, have rate to listen to. and review the show. And look, Josh, we know. We saw it happen again this week with uh, Straight Shoot, Aubrey Citizen's podcast. Yeah, what a down. shame that got shut down. I know. Like, there's a lot of. Uh, there were, at one time, a lot of good wrestling podcasts out there. Now there's only one. Yeah, but it seems like they're all, they're all just shutting their doors and, and uh, going away. And it's a shame that we've lost so many great ones over the years, but uh, there is one good one still out there. The hashtag good friends wait for you with open arms. Exactly. Tell your friends that we are here. Exactly. We are here. Uh, if you build it, they will eventually come. They're coming, <laughs> slowly. <laughs> uh, so do all those fun things. Once again, it's uh, patreon.com slash topmarks. If you want to throw us a couple bucks, we would greatly appreciate it. And we it. haven't even decided what uh, the special match we're going to review. Yeah. Or the special pay-per-view that we're going to watch this, this month. So. You could be the first one, although I suspect my mother's going to do that. Yeah. That's just my guess. 
Okay. I feel like she's she's gonna be like, I wanna I wanna support this. Yeah, I'm your like, mom of course has a deep knowledge of the history of WWE pay per views. <laughs> yeah, she's so I'm sure she'll pick a good one. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a great. <laughs> uh, Justin, uh, and then uh, yeah, of course at the Dirty Penny Mondays and Tuesdays, showing Raw and SmackDown live with audio. Uh, wrestling fans are there. Go meet some people. Yeah, go, uh, commercial go and gravely. Come meet your people. Come have a good time. We are. Again, like I said, going to build this thing into an institution. Last week was just the beginning. Uh, I am uh, your host on Mondays. Mike Noble, my roommate and a former guest on this show, is your host on Tuesdays for SmackDown. <laughs> that makes the caliber of guests sound so shitty. It's like, yeah, my roommate, former guest Look, on the show. He just, I mean, the people know him. <laughs> yeah. He went to New Japan with you. That's why we had him on. Oh, no. I, I know why he was here. I was just saying, like, we had so many great, like, esteemed. It's like, oh, this writer for this. I'm just saying, it's like, like oh, it's my roommate. some guy that people don't know. Right. I'm not, like, a 20-something fucking, you know, girl talking about her friend as if everybody knows who the fuck that is. <laughs> certain type of, of young woman. Uh, <laughs> Who's who? Who is inclined to do that? I feel. Sometimes. Are we gonna have my roommate on the show yeah, one day? Maybe, maybe some someday. Maybe he'll be on a Patreon special. You never know. Brock's bud. a great man. Brock uh, is a great man. Uh, so Lesnar, you live with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, sometimes he. Do- yeah, I want to talk about that. that. I mean, he lives in Canada. Everybody knows that. He. It's just there's rumors out there on the dirt sheets that he lives in Saskatchewan. It's not true. He lives in a two bedroom apartment <laughs> in East Vancouver. Can you imagine Brock Lesnar in apartment by size? <laughs> There's nothing that fits him. But for the for those who haven't been in my home, I live in the smallest apartment you can imagine. Oh my god, you can barely open the door to Brock's room because like the the dresser gets in the way of the door opening. And with that great content, let's head it off air. Until next week, be hot, be spicy, taste great because you're curry man. What what what? Titus Worldwide! Did you see? Oh, go ahead. Joey Ryan's promotion booked Curry Man. I did see this. Yeah, the the bar wrestling. Yeah. Wait, I didn't talk about. Well, I'll save that for next week. What? We might have an interview with Joey Janela. Oh, we no might. Yeah, yeah. Come back next week, folks. Joey Janela will be on top marks. Yeah, I'm interviewing him after the show on Saturday, so that'll be fun. Yeah. And then we're going to hop on a flight and go to L.A. and see Curry Man. Oh, my God. I would. Maybe if this Patreon goes really well. <laughs> That's <laughs> patreon.com slash topmarks. Give us thousands of dollars to go watch Curry Man. And the penny at Commercial and Gravely on Mondays and Tuesdays. <laughs> Titus Worldwide!